senior care is awesome. We have to realize what we're entrusted to do. We, it's a privilege to do what we're doing. We are treating the seniors, people that play, that pave the way for us to be around and to be successful. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, the only podcast that you need to listen to and follow to know everything that is going on in the nursing home industry. My guest today is Mark Kassira. Uh Mark is the Chief Operating Officer at Aventura Health Group. Mark comes with lots of experience and a very unique take on this very complex and interesting industry. So Mark, before we get to uh, too deep into the episode. I always like for our listeners to know a little bit about who they're listening to. They've heard enough of me already from previous episodes. Can you give them just the basic background, your professional background of what brought you to your current role where you are right now in your company? So I'm a third generation nursing home operator and administrator. My, both of my grandparents were administrators. My grandfather and my grandmother were administrators way back starting off in the 1960s till around 15, 20 years ago, my grandmother still had a license on a building. And when I got into this business, one of the good old things my grandma told me, good old Gishmaka Hungarian lady, stick your nose into everything, learn every department, don't be embarrassed to ask and ask questions. That's the only way you're gonna learn the business and be successful. I took her advice. I've been working for over 10 years. The majority of my work was with a family home. Recently, I went on my own with a friend of mine and we built Aventura together and we're still building it and we hope to build it every day, adding to it, growing the company, making it a good place to send family and a great place to work for our employees. Okay, amazing. Well, first of all, I did not know that about you. So thank you for sharing that. And I see that nursing home runs in, the, in your blood, literally from infancy, you've known about this. So you definitely qualify to continue the conversation. So thank you again for being on here and sharing that with us. So let's just jump right into some of the heavier topics. And you really picked a few very good ones for our discussion today. So we, everybody in the industry knows for sure those on the operating side, the employees in the facility, and sometimes, unfortunately, families know about this as well, which might lead to our next topic. Having recruiting, maintaining, and having a great staff is key and critical to providing the product, which is the care, which, which the facilities provide to the, to the residents. And those who provide the care are the staff. This is the nurses, this is the, the certified nurses' aides, the CNAs, the housekeepers, the, the, what we call the line staff. And it's, we know how difficult it is to find good staff and to keep them there and to, and to have them realize the vision, which comes from the very top, and to have them implement it in a very real way. So 
first of all, what do you think, in your opinion, based on your experience, is the root of the problem of why it is so difficult? And what do you think is the, a, a good approach to start uh, addressing this issue? So first of all, the reason why I think it's so difficult, we have to realize what we ask our frontline staff to do, that it is a difficult task, what they're doing. That's number one. Caring for people, especially seniors, some of them are struggling with their own issues and asking our staff members to treat them 24 hours a day if, if they're in a good mood and if they're bad mood, if they had what to eat, if they do not have what to eat, it's, really struggle. it's, a, it's a big struggle for the caregivers. So okay. number one is to realize that our staff members, it's not easy what we're asking for them. Okay. And we have to change that from a task into something that the staff members would enjoy doing. Because we all know one of the biggest pleasures we have in life is to do somebody a favor. We, f we feel fulfilled when we do somebody a favor. You're walking down the street and you see someone in the pouring rain and you can pick them up. You feel good about yourself. You help somebody out. So I think we have to change the role of our staff members. Not only are they doing the job, but they're providing care, but care to a human, care to someone that has a family that might not be in their best stage now in life, but they were once upon a time in, in their prime. And to look past the resident now and realize, you were, and to treat them with dignity, it makes it much easier. And that is something staff members and corporate has to drill into the frontline staff. Remember who you're dealing with. You're not just doing the job. You're dealing with humans and with people that have a heart and have a family and make sure you treat them professionally and humanly, as much humanly possible. Got it. And then we can go into how all the topic, how do we do that? But I think that's the foundation that we have to build off is we got to treat the people we're serving, our residents, with dignity and respect, not just a job. So just to, to build on that, and this is something that's very close to my heart and it's not limited to nursing homes or healthcare, is that the individuals that we are working with, they're not, you know, two-dimensional cardboard cutouts. These are real people. Uh, sometimes I've had this myself, and perhaps you've had this in your facilities as well, where some of the nursing home residents are actually former line staff, they're former nurses of that same facility, former CNAs, former housekeepers, sometimes former department heads or administrators. And it's not like there's us, and then there's the residents in nursing homes which unfortunately, if you're working very close to them and in a very personal way, sometimes that might be the feeling uh, that is there, but that's incorrect. And not just by understanding that it's a privilege because the COO said that it's a privilege and it's a responsibility and we have the opportunity to provide the care for them. It's because that's what it really is. You're really taking somebody who's in a helpless situation for whatever reason they're right now completely dependent on the care of the staff in, in the facility. And you're the one who's making a direct impact on their life. If you look, um, there was a video going around of a young girl whose mother worked at some role in the nursing home. Uh, maybe I'll link it up in the show notes uh, for those who haven't seen it. But she went around to facility to facility asking the residents, like, what would make their life perfect? 
and you'd be surprised that they didn't say to get out. They didn't say to go skydiving. They didn't say to go back home. Some of them said a Diet Coke. Another one said a pair of shoes. The other one said, you know, to have bingo three times a week. So these are the simple things. And if, and this is the impact that, you know, that the line staff are having. But let's move on to the next point of how is this done? So, of course, you have to believe it. It has to be real and it has to be coming from the top. But now, how do you actually implement it? And again, it doesn't have to be how it's done at Aventura. It could be in general terms as well. Yeah, I'm happy you made that disclaimer because it's something, you know, that I can't say we're doing perfectly, but it's something that we're striving for. Um, I think is part of what I always want to bring out is senior care is awesome. We have to realize what we're entrusted to do, we, it's a privilege to do what we're doing. We are treating the seniors, people that play, that pave the way for us to be around and to be successful. And realize what we're doing is, like I said, a privilege and an obligation. Mm-hmm. And if we have the proper respect, there's also a beautiful poem you could find it. I think it's something called Two Mothers. It's, okay. it's somebody writes somebody writes uh, about her mom before she got diagnosed with, with dementia and afterwards. It's the same mom. And if we realize that and we bring in that, that out, it's much easier. Number two, I think it's also a cultural. If the people, if the, your administrators, your, your staff, if they walk in the hallways and they greet all the residents, and more than that, if they greet all staff members, then auto- automatically you have a culture that one cares for another. We're not living for ourselves. That is the culture, I think, if we create that everyone is here for each other, to protect each other, for a good job, automatically that would transfer over to the staff how they should treat other residents. Uh-huh. And uh, love grows, and uh, if it's a happy environment, everybody wants to join, and that could segue us into our next topic of retention. Okay, so so okay, so go ahead. So the next challenge, obviously, is how to keep the staff because even once you finally find the right staff and you hire them, you onboard them, the nursing home down the block. You know, we all know that there's there's a very high demand for these talented uh, staff which are caring for our fragile seniors. So uh, I'm sure you've had this experience. You finally onboarded someone, they're a perfect fit, and then I'm sorry, the place down the block, they paid me a dollar an hour more and I'm going there. And it's a little closer commute or whatever. And we love you guys, we'll still be friends. Maybe I'll pick up shifts, I'll go per diem, but but I'm not staying on on the schedule anymore. So what do you do for that? Like how how do you retain them and make them want to stay? Right. So, first of all, to answer to that, it's a it's a problem. It's for sure it's a struggle, and then and there are people that are investing a lot of money and different ideas had to do that. But I'm sure something that we could all relate to is everybody working in the nursing home had once upon a time a staff member told them, "I got a job offer from somewhere else, but I'm not leaving because I love it here." Right? Everybody got that once in a while, and the question is, how do we make everybody feel that way, that they love it here and they want to stay? 
And we all know, we all read the study, especially we're all on LinkedIn, that it's not the money that counts that keeps employees. It's the extra, especially today's days. We're so social. We want to feel like we're accomplishing. We want to feel like we have a community. And that's what we have to create. We have to create that employees are coming to work for a purpose. We are created for a purpose, and we want to do our actions. Also, we want to be done for a purpose. A nurse told me, like, there's no, I'm sure all nurses can relate to this, there's no greater pleasure seeing a resident coming in with a stage four uh, skin a wound and seeing it heal. And if they have that, they'll feel fulfilled in their job and they won't be looking for somewhere else. So to anything that you could create in your environment, in your workspace, that your employees feel that they're accomplishing and they're feeling recognized about it, you could, you stand much better than your competition and your staff won't leave as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to your first point, by genuinely caring for the success of your employees and by genuinely wanting them to be successful enough that they should be able to move on, to move up, you know, if that's, if that's what they're trying to do and giving them all the tools to be successful, they're going to want to stay with you because they see that you're actually, you actually care about them. You know, it can be a very cutthroat type of environment in any business, but specifically when there's a limited supply of excellent caring staff. And like you said, by giving them the opportunity to feel successful, by speaking to them, you know, how many time, how many people on the management level actually have open conversations with their line staff and ask them, what would it take to make you happier in your job? What can we do to make you more successful? And sometimes it could be simple things, you know, an educational program, empowerment, or sometimes basic equipment or whatever it is to make it that they, that they feel those, sense of, those senses of accomplishment as they go along the way. But just moving to our next topic for the sake of time, because I really want to get into this. There's a general sentiment out there that, and again, this is, it's old and times have changed dramatically, but the general reputation that nursing homes have is not a great one. Many families are, and many healthy families are reluctant to kind of drop off their family member in a nursing home because of all the terrible things that people say about nursing homes. And therefore, by extension, what occurs to them, what a nursing home is, they many times will kind of transfer that onto you or the operators or even the caregivers, which creates any small, which creates a very interesting dynamic with the families. And many times it's difficult to have that good open relationship with them. So what, what are some ways of perhaps fostering healthy, uh, mutually benefit uh, working relationships with family members? I don't think I'm going to ever get a cure the issue of family members completely. You know, the biggest problem we know is a lot of family members feel guilty that they put their loved ones in a nursing home. So it's the guilt that's coming out, you know, but I have family members or not even related to business. And they ask me, you know, their mom is going downhill. Should they bring them in the home or put them in a nursing home or keep them at home? I always say putting them in a nursing home, even though they're not my nursing homes, but I think it's a good idea. Because if you keep your loved one at home, where's the stimulation going on? There's not, they're usually sitting at home doing nothing. If they're in a home, I guess it has to be a good home. 
and they at least they have some they have uh they have company they have recreation there's something going on it's not the same monotonous thing going on every single day they wake up in the morning they sit in their chair if somebody comes to visit them maybe yeah maybe no but at least they're in a home they have some interaction and there's some activities today's days nursing homes are way better than they were 15 20 years ago and and we're all trying to make it a home environment and we're doing good with that we just have to keep on doing it. I think we deserve as operators to pat ourselves on the back that we made a lot of progress in, in the past 10 years with that. Mm-hmm. I think if we explain that to the families that we are here to do the best we could, of course, there's some days we might be short staffed. Of course, sometimes it'll take longer to answer a call bell, but our heart is in it. We're not evil. We're not doing it just to spite your loved one. We really want to provide good care. And you got to give us the benefit of the doubt. Now, of course, you got to earn that trust. You can't just sell it. But when somebody comes into your building for a tour, in hours, we want to feel that we could, that the families coming in could trust us with their residents. We're not just dropping them off there and saying goodbye. We are confident, we are confident that we could care for your resident for your family member. And if you build on that trust, I think, you know, they'll give you the benefit and you can create a first impression. But these people know what they're doing. They really have an interest for the good of the patient, for the good of the resident. And if you build that relationship with the family, open communication, call, then I think the families will be able to get past that guilt because they know Mom and dad are really being taken care of. This is the best place for them. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain level of transparency and really creating, just like any relationship with any two human beings or any two parties, you know, that there has to be, trust has to be earned. And you're right, changing the stereotype is going to take a little bit more time. But to the extent that they see from the get-go that the facility genuinely is interested in caring for the resident, you know, that, that, can, that can go a long way. The problem is when they come for a tour on a weekend uh, or a Friday afternoon at seven o'clock and, you know, the management team is away and they're short-staffed and some, someone falls while they're there on the tour, you know, and then that sets, even if they end up admitting anyway, you know, that could set things off on the wrong foot and then you're playing catch-up. You know, if it's run well, you can do great damage control and use that as an opportunity to show how much you really care. And I'll just say, well, you know, a point, like you said in the beginning, it's a very difficult job and you have to, you know, providing personal care is providing personal care. You know, a lot of the staff, if they, if they didn't genuinely care about the residents, they could work in the Burger King down the block for a similar pay sometimes and not have to worry about the Department of Public Health. They don't have to worry about people getting hurt. They don't have to worry about some of the dynamics that are, that make the environment very challenging. And if they're choosing to be in this environment, for the most part, because this is something that genuinely fits with their natural skills uh, and abilities. So if the families would really understand that, um, you know, then that, that can go a long way. But again, at the, the communication has to be consistent. So what, what, would, what would you, let's say you have a breakdown of communication. Let's say the situation that I was describing. And they're coming in already, you know, and you're behind the eight ball. Like, what is, you know, a good damage control way of using that 
maybe to springboard into or or to transform that challenge relationship into you know a health, more healthy relationship uh so I, I usually this is i'm not saying any uh novelties here but i think the first thing is you gotta face the reality you know you gotta realize tell the families we know we messed up the optics weren't great you know it's a weekend and we're human and we're not machines and we do sometimes have issues but come in for a meeting let's discuss it and and as an organization bring in your team afterwards and say this is what happened how could we prevent such a thing from happening again and every experience is a learning tool for you guys for any organization to see what happened and to take steps to learn from that in the future sometimes it hurts but the main thing is to get yourself up and pick up the pieces and to grow from there but one of the things i, I learned and i discussed with my team is i don't want anybody to lose their trust in me you know if i lie once then i'm done and so it's one thing we, we try to strive for be honest keep your word if you said something follow up on it make sure you do it or call and tell them that we can't do it for whatever reason but once people lose their trust in you then uh, it's gonna be much harder to do any damage control and uh, people like authentic people when people are real they feel like they could trust them and communicate excellent wow okay i mean and that's really effective again like we said earlier this is not this is not limited you know to the nursing home world but if you want to have an effective relationship with anybody uh that's how it works which really i know we're running short on time here but let's just try to cover briefly this final uh topic which i really want to get into is that there's a whole nother dynamic that family members staff, staff infrequently do they actually even understand that there is this dynamic and that is the relationship that the nursing home operators have with the vendors that provide the goods and services that allow them to provide the care to the residents. So the staff members might say, you know, why has this uh, wheelchair scale not been calibrated in six months? And, and the administrator knows that they're behind on payments. And, you know, there might be challenges in the kitchen or challenges in other areas or so there again there's a challenge uh, let me present how i think the challenge is you know nursing homes their reimbursement is not always on the same schedule as their invoices come in and yes uh, at the end of the day a, a healthy operator is not only able to meet his financial obligations uh with the vendors but it also can walk out and make it a, a profitable venture but what what has been your experience to best manage the relationship between the operations team and the vendors in order to keep operations running smoothly and the residents receiving the care that they deserve and they entrusted you with. Okay, so we went a lot of three-dimensional over here with staff dealing with the vendors and the exactly. facility dealing with the vendor. Um, so I, I think uh, the answer would be also with the vendors. You know, if if you're behind in payments or anything like that, the first and the first thing is to answer the phone when they call. You know. Don't avoid them because nobody nobody really cares if you don't pay them. At least it's communication. I know this guy's eventually gonna pay me, I'm okay. You you know, if it makes sense for them. But the problems happen when the nursing company is not answering the phone or 
you know how it works. Everybody knows how it works. Call this guy. I'm not in charge today. I was in charge yesterday, but the person just left. You know, exactly. if you answer the phone, you say, you know, you know, sorry, my census is a little bit low this month. Give me a couple more days. I'm working on it. Then usually you don't have a problem. Um, especially most renters that are going into the nursing home business know that this is the name of the game, that it's usually tough till it works out. Saying that with staff members, I know a lot of times it's much easier for the dietary staff to say, oh, sorry, we ran out of ketchup than to go back to the kitchen and grab a ketchup and bring it for the resident. Um, so a lot of times they always want to throw the facility under the bus and say, oh, we can't do it because it's broken. It's always been broken. I think it also boils down to the environment. You know, if some facilities might be that way, right? Because st the staff and the administrator really don't care. So as long as they could get away with it, they try to get away with it. But if the staff members frontline realize that administration really cares when a scale is not working, I don't think you will get an end. So it's always been broken. If the administrator cares when he knows that there's a problem, he finds out about it and they tell him and he calls the vendor right away, usually that would be given over to the staff members and that culture will trickle down from all the way up to the top. It's one of the, one of the things I love in this business is why we do it, even though there's so many tailwinds against us, because mm -hmm. you really could create a great environment. You really have the power to create your little company in a, in, in, in a way that's meaningful and to care and meaningful. What I mean, which you could benefit staff and, uh, and um, residents, you know, before a holiday, Speak about myself a second before a holiday or i like to send out letters to my staff members wishing them a holiday and thanking them now to be honest i'm not such a nice guy it's not the real reason why i'm sending them out the real reason why i'm sending them out i love the feedback what i get first of all it makes me feel good honestly but mm -hmm. even that you know it it, it it gives me a gauge on my accomplishing what i want to accomplish wow Part of my, my, what I want to accomplish is a great place to work and people feel that. So if I get back love mail, I know I'm doing a good job. So I try to initiate it first so I can get it back. Usually people won't send me love mail. Once I send them a little bit, thanking them, it's an opportunity to send back. And um, I keep that love mail on, uh, I have it in my, in my office on, on, a, on a digital screen. So I could read it and that gives me sometimes the strength to go further because sometimes you can ask the administrator, I love working in a nursing home, right? And then you can have a complaint visit on a Monday morning and you say, why in the world did I get myself into this business? And mm -hmm. sometimes you need a little dose and these letters help you get through it because sometimes you feel, ah, oh, I love the staff. I love working with the families. It's so great. We're making progress. And then you hit a snag and it's important to remember why we're doing this, why we got into it and what keeps us going. Everybody can have their own secret source, what keeps them going, but that works for me. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, it really ties everything that we discussed uh, really together, whether we're talking about recruitment and retention of staff, we're talking about relationships with family members, relationships with vendors, uh, 
really it's about having real genuine authentic relationships caring about everybody in your professional so social circle and again if it's genuine it's definitely going to spill over you know beyond that as well just any before we before we let you go mark any final thoughts uh regarding any final thoughts regarding the industry or any final myths that you want to debunk or any advice maybe that you'd want to share with other operators uh, before we let you go off the hook today? Uh, my biggest tip would be is to network and learn from other people and have a mentor. There are so many good people out there that have so many good ideas that they went through it themselves and they could help you. And people are really willing to help you. I met so many great people. Maybe that's a myth I want to debunk. There are great people out there, even though they could be your competitors, but they're willing to help you. And if we network and we come together, meeting Shmuel is a great thing, right? Thank you. Meeting other people. Um, and uh, that's what Shmuel does. He's trying to put you know, the nursing home world together with his uh, forums and stuff like that. So it's important to get to know someone like Shmuel for his knowledge and his experience and getting introduced to other people and we could accomplish a lot together and I guess maybe that's why we're making so much progress you know one of the the, the jokes in the nursing home world is that we party every day you know every day is another CEU event another event but mm -hmm. there's a lot of good that comes out of these things mm -hmm. you know of mm -hmm. course we have a lot of downtime but to be honest we're the only ones that know our stress levels, what we're going through. Is it either a census issue or a compliance issue or a payroll issue? Exactly. We have a lot on our plates to deal with, but it's good to get together and socialize. And I think we're solving a lot of the problems that we each have, have together. Amazing. And uh, by speaking to other people also, you realize a lot of the challenges you're having, your friend is also having. and. You have company, it makes it easier to deal with. So that, for me, worked and helps a lot. Speaking to other people, I love meeting other people and asking them, what are you doing about this? Because I feel, sometimes you feel, am I the only one not doing well or in this particular topic? And you see that, no, everybody's struggling. And then maybe we could come together and we have an idea how to do better. We could all gain from it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming on the Nursing Home Podcast. It's been an honor to have you, and thank you for sharing everything that you've shared. If, if the listeners want to learn more about your company specifically, where's the best place to send them? Uh, they could go to our website, aventurahg.com. They could, they, we have all our info. We have emails. They could hit us up, and we'll ha be happy to get back to you. And we have a bunch of good friends on LinkedIn hanging out with us so exactly. i'm sure you've seen us around okay so thank you Shmuel, for the opportunity it's been great getting to know you and it's great hanging out with you okay thank you so much we'll definitely post a, a link to uh to your linkedin profile as well um, in the show notes thank you so much thank you now that you've enjoyed this episode of the nursing home podcast i'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. 
leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.